0: sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Can
1: you guys hear us? beer gang in the back, can you hear us? We could Yeah there it is. Yeah, he like knew like what a, I was talking about. Turn it, it up is. a
0: little bit. All right. You know, you just threw it up like, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they can hear us. Yeah, this sounds pretty good. So uh hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. For everyone out there listening, welcome. Normally I say, you know, there's beer and soda in the fridge, but today we are at Reclamation Brewery, so there's beer at the bar. Hip your bartender, everybody enjoying themselves. We're having some good brews. I'm about to take a sip yeah. of the double, which I have not had yet. I haven't
1: had the double yet either. What's that like? What's that hitting for?
0: It's delicious. Mm. Am I supposed to be talking right now? You can talk right now. Okay, I don't give a I shit. Did,
1: did. <laughs> I've been here for a while, so... No
0: parents, no rules. <laughs> Is it nice? Do you like that? We're going crazy. Yeah, this is actually really, really good. It's a good like IPA, and it's not like hazy or any of that other weird trendy stuff.
1: It's not trendy. It's just yeah. a straight it's to the. You know mean not, get to the
0: point? Not that there's anything wrong with your IPA not being hazy or juicy. I'm just like, eh. not there's
1: anything wrong? Just give with me that. a
0: beer. I don't give a shit. I just want <laughs> to be good. I don't care. You know.
1: Remember, remember that South episode where like they were like, you know, like no, we're not gay. We're not gay. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love my hazy IPAs, you know? I also like my to the point IPAs.
0: That is a double. So that's that's hitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's but it doesn't have that like uh, overly like a lot of times the double IPAs can have that like copper weird sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting it with this. Yeah. But I'm also a few in so who knows my palate's a little bit yeah over the place yeah you stop
1: like your aficionado like (laughs) ship kind of is that where aficionado ship stops at about the second beer Uh after that like you know yeah as long
0: as it's not offensive we can ride it (laughs) yeah anyways uh you know this is start the beat with sykes if you're new to me or new to the podcast you could find me on instagram facebook twitter all at the real sykes the podcast is available on itunes stitcher google play Tune in, whatever you listen to podcasts on, you could find it. Check it out if you want to happen to listen to this later. And today I'm sitting here with my fellow Epicast family homie, Dave bracy of the Drinking Partners podcast. Say what up to the people. What's good with you, people? <laughs> <laughs> ah, Epicast, gang,
1: gang, yeah, in the house family. And if oh. I did not mention it already, <laughs>
0: I think I did. We are at Reclamation Brewery. This is a rather fine arts festival.
1: Yes, it is. It is very, it is very, very rather fine right now. Yeah, yeah. I have been here. I don't know if anybody can tell.
0: <laughs> this is not my.
1: This is not my baseline. <laughs> I've been here since noon, uh, and it's been an amazing time here, man. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So, for <laughs> those of you that don't know what I do personally, I. Do a podcast about artists, hosted by artists, for artists, about the creative process, about why we do what we do. And outside of being one of the hosts of the Drinking Partners podcast, Dave Bracey is a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And an all-around good gentleman. Oh, so, that is... I mean, you're going a little far. <laughs> I'm not even going to co-sign on that one. But I'll take it. Listen, <laughs> listen you know, the world we're living in today, you just... You know, you got to hype it up. Yeah. I mean,
1: when you got oranges out here doing what they're doing, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I mean, them Florida oranges, man, when you got them doing what they're doing, then it's kind of easy to seem proper, you know? Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I will, I'll, I'll take that. I'm 2017 proper. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk to you today. I'm curious. We'll start it with stand-up shit. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I do a lot of things personally, you mm-hmm. know, I perform in a metal band. I perform as a hip-hop artist. I do this podcast. You do it. Yeah, you're Drawing, painting, like all kinds of stuff. You know I mean? But, you know, stand-up comedy, it's one of those things that I'm a fan of, but I never felt that I had any place even thinking about doing it. So going back to the beginnings of, you know, you as a human being, what made you feel like you had the right to stand on a stage <laughs> and, like, comfortably tell some <laughs> stories to people? Because it's like... <laughs> It, were, Unless, like, you're – because I don't take you as the type of person that just wants to stand on stage and make people feel uncomfortable or just cause a scene and make the world about you. Uh, you know what I mean? A lot of comedians are like that. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, I don't know about that. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean at, least I you so, do, at least you do it in a way I, that's a little bit more welcoming. It's, it's more palatable. It's not I've learned so abrasive.
1: Yeah, I mean, so one, I think that's a great question, the way you phrased it, um, because I think that of that myself, like when I look at comedy or whatever, like a lot of comedy is self-deprecating, but like, you know, it's kind of like feign self-deprecating in a sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, not feign, but like. You're putting your ills out for other people to kind of like, you know, laugh at. And as a result, they bond. That's cool. But like, for you to feel like you have something to say, hey, everybody shut up and listen to what I have to say, that comes from a very egotistical place. So it's a, it's a crazy dichotomy where it's like, I'm very, like, you know, I at least have so, enough of an ego to get up there and, like, you know, even though people might not be laughing at this, to go up there and say, hey, listen to me, but also be like, but hey, like I'm just this flawed individual, like you know, yeah. like you know. So, um, but uh, and 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 it's tough because, like, I mean, you're on stage. I try to do improv, and I can't, I can't share the stage because I do want it to be about me in a sense. Like, yeah, you know I mean, so like I do want it to be about me. I do like making people uncomfortable in a sense because, like, I think that comedy is a is comedy is a way to push certain issues forward. Um, but I want to make it like, when I say uncomfortable, like when I first started doing it, it was just uncomfort. Now it's like a little tinge of like, uh, but then I'm bringing you back in and we're laughing about it. And like, when you go home, it's something to think about. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, yeah,
0: I think that, you know, it's definitely good to challenge your audience. Yeah. I was like, yeah, challenge. There's definitely some people, and I'm talking more on the independent level where you have comedians that are not necessarily trying to challenge the audience with anything. Yeah, you have some pause posi- like not not anything productive, but just like, you know, I have this thing that I thought about women that I think is funny and I'm just going to say it but I have no personality, and I'm making everybody feel legitimately uncomfortable. Yeah. And I I see that a lot, which is weird. Well, I I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, like, a lot of, like, at least you're starting off right. You know you have no place on stage doing comedy. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of people that don't know that. You know what I mean? So, they just, like, they're the funniest people at their office, or, like, they're the funniest people in their group of friends, and they're like, yeah, like, I'm the, uh," you know, and they get up there, and, like, one, you have to relate to strangers. And when you relate to strangers, like, you have to, like, I don't know you at all. So these things that, like, my friends were laughing at because we share the same views and we have the same background and we understand these things, these other people were like, I don't know you at all, bruh. You know what I mean? Like, you got to bring me in. So, like, when you're trying to, like, prevail, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to talk about titties, like, because titties are (laughs) funny. It's like, I don't know you enough to be laughing at, like, these random, like, titties. Like, I mean, like, you got to give me a little more than this, you know, like, um, and there are some comics that are kind of like, you know, just kind of, eh, I'm going to just say a joke because it's funny, but I don't think they last too long, um, especially in this market where, like, you have such uh, access to, you know, your own uh, promotion. You know what I mean, like, the market is extremely um, saturated and competitive, and that, like, little, like, that, that kind of, like, uh, lowbrow humor is only going to go but so far before, like, it taps out, like, totally. you know? um
0: You mentioned before about you have a hard time doing improv. Yeah, I mean, I I feel the same way, you know, as a rapper about freestyling. Yeah. It's like the type of thing where it's like, I understand that, you know, that's an important part of hip hop culture. Whereas, you know, improv is definitely an important part of comedy culture. But when I got into doing rap, I never wanted to be a freestyler. I'm really into the craft of taking the time and putting together. A specific set of things that then I perform which yeah. maybe that's you're on the same level with yeah me.
1: yeah I mean like that's a like there are there are different even like within comedy there are different types of comedians and like you know I like I aspire like you know I'm, I'm more uh, observational humor uh, set up punchline um, I think one of the hardest things to do on stage is to tell a personal story and make it funny because, like, you don't have, like, I mean, you can embellish and you can, like, you know, kind of throw tags in there or whatever. But, like, to make a personal experience relatable to strangers is the hardest thing. Making an observation relatable is fairly easy. It's kind of like you're taking a skew and it's like, oh, have you ever noticed this? Like, what's the deal with It's, always, yeah, it's almost like you're, like, you're you know?
0: piggybacking off of something that somebody else made funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, In whether a it's a premise or you're just seeing something new and you're yeah. just kind of taking, like, have you ever noticed this? Like, yeah, okay. So you're taking somebody outside of, like, whatever their normal day is. That's easy. But, like, a story is, like, everybody lives a life. You know what I mean? Like, and not everybody is a good storyteller. For me, that's always been, like, the hardest thing to do. And, like, I've, I've developed some of those over the years. But I find that to be extremely difficult. And improv is another one of those things. Like, I find that to be extremely difficult to just be off the cuff and work with other people and then have that synergy on stage. Like, it's a completely different skill set than what I'm used to with my setup punchline while I'm the only person on stage. so.
0: So, as a songwriter with me, you know, I take personal experiences and then sometimes I tweak them to make them more relatable on a general level. You know what I mean? So as a comedian, do you ever sometimes do the same thing where like, you know, some something funny or something fucked up that could be funny happened to you? And then maybe you tweak the story a bit to make it more palatable or do you try to keep it as real as possible?
1: Um, I want to make it as palatable as possible without losing myself in it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I don't want to pander to the crowd. But I definitely want to punch it up a little bit, you know what I mean, and like make you, sure that the moral of the story is still there while you, also
0: And you still wanna be yourself, too. Yeah, I
1: wanna be myself. I wanna make sure that like I'm whatever moral that and that's really what it is, is like when I bring something to the stage, I, there's some sort of thing that I'm like, I think you guys should see this some way or like experience this or like get the same moral that I have. So like if I'm gonna get that message across, I have to do it in a way that's gonna be entertaining without losing that and myself, that that message and myself. So yeah, I do that, and like you know, a, a thing that helps is open mics, where you go in and you just fail and fail and fail, and you keep failing, and they just keep punching you in the face, and then one time somebody smiles at you, and you're like, "It's it, that's what, what it does it." I mean, run with it. Yeah, you know I mean, like, but I mean, that's yeah, that's that's what it is. Is uh, you know, you just you get up there and you fail time and time again until you figure out, all right, well, maybe they don't like this part, or maybe they don't like that part. Or how it, can I,
0: as a stand up comedian, what exactly is Failing in quotes to um, you, people not laughing. Okay, I guess that's <laughs> is simple it, enough, is right? It, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm on stage and you're
1: not laughing, I'm not doing a good job. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: um like you know, and the thing is, is that like you're not always gonna like have a good set, you know. And like for me, you know, I get in front of a lot of different crowds or whatever. Um, I perform in a lot of different places, and like there are some, there are some shows that like. I perform well, it's just not my crowd. They're not my demographic. Not everybody is funny to everybody. There's a very select few people. My co-host, Ed Bailey, is one of those dudes. i just never seen fail. Like, he just is always on. I'm not that guy. Yeah, I mean? Like, especially with my humor, it's a little bit edgier or whatever. So, like, you know, I get in some crowds, and I'm like, nah. But I know that, like, I've because I've been doing it so long, I know that I'm not... I know that I'm funny. I'm just not funny to you. Now, if I fail... It's not because you're not laughing. It's because maybe I forgot a tagline. You know, maybe I was too nervous and, like, I performed it wrong or, like, I didn't I didn't do the best of my ability as a comedian. And if I do that, if I get off stage and I'm like, oh, man, I could have did that or I could have did that and I didn't do that, like, that's when I feel like I fail. You know what I mean? Like, there are some crowds that I get in front of and, like, they're, they're loving every fucking minute of it. And those I don't learn too much from. Because, you know, like it just means that whatever I did works. Cool. But the ones that were like, I kind of like, they're not laughing either. The lesson is that's not my particular crowd. How do I connect to that crowd? Or I fucked up somehow on stage. You know what I mean? That's
0: an interesting perspective. You know, for me as a music performer, I find myself in the same situations too. Because sometimes you play, you get on a bill where you might be the oddball. Yeah. you know you yeah. don't really fit in mm-hmm. and there's you're playing to a crowd of people that doesn't necessarily want to hear what you're doing yeah and you know so those shows are always interesting in the terms of like you know how can i gauge like this reaction am i still entertaining to watch even though you're not into what i'm doing yeah because that's the goal like yeah. even if you're not into weird hip-hop If you can at least watch a full set and get something from it, cool. Yeah, you know. But then you get some people that might just, you know, see you walk on stage and walk away immediately, and it's like, what's that all about?
1: Oh yeah, I've walked (laughs) a few rooms. I mean, like, (laughs) I've been around enough places. They come to see me or like, and they're just, you know, I drop a first joke. And the thing is is that, like, I drop, like, you know, I'm a black dude, and like, I work, I work in majority white places or whatever, and I call attention to it as soon as I can say, like, hey, I'm a black dude. Some people are just like. and we're out. Like do you I mean,
0: find that to be like a thing with stand up a lot? Like is that uh I don't want to say a problem, but maybe an observation where do you find a lot of the black community coming out to stand up performances that maybe aren't unless it's like maybe a lineup of predominantly black performers.
1: Well, I think the I think the thing is, is like especially in this region. So like you have very thriving black comedy scenes in like larger cities. Um uh pittsburgh doesn't have the largest black community um and there's this very like uh there's a very um you know uh i, I guess uh there's a the rich and the poor there's a the haves and the haves nots there's sure. not a lot of middle there's not a lot of mid- there's not a very strong middle class black community so as a result like those are the people that typically come out to the arts and support or whatever you know so like in pittsburgh like you either as a black person you either grew up here and you left whenever you got successful or you didn't get successful when you stayed or you came in as a transplant and you're here you know what I mean but like there's a very few people that have grown up here become successful and stayed right so like as a comedian it's hard to find those black people to come out to those shows um and you know it's not a like it's not a knock on them that's just where we're at um so it, it is it, it is hard to kind of like you know get them out to certain shows because majority of the spaces are predominantly white and they don't always feel comfortable in those spaces so it's like you know if i'm the only black dude like in a a building i'm not as uncomfortable because i'm a personality that does that yeah i mean like
0: but yeah you're as far as just getting somebody to just come out and attend an event
1: yeah i mean like like how many like i mean honestly how many white people go to a spaces where they're the only white person in the building yeah i mean like that's (laughs) very rare you know so like that's why black people don't come out to a lot of my shows because typically they're gonna be maybe one of the only people in there because that's what I am when I go to my shows. I'm sometimes the only like. I, luckily, I got added a lot of my places. <laughs> hey, yeah. Sometimes there's like a bouncer or something uh-huh. like that. You know what I mean there's a token in there. You know what I mean like, but a lot of the places I go into, I'm like the only one. You know, so um, and and it's tough because like I think it's a it's a double edged sword because. I learn how to connect across a large like spectrum of people. Like if I can go to West Virginia and make a bunch of like you know blue collar yeah I mean steel town like West Virginians with their you know camo hats yeah I mean like laugh, and I can go back to Braddock and like you know make my peoples over there. I mean with the forties and whatnot laugh. Then I've got range. So that's
0: that's fantastic. But also still you kind of it's still like segregated in a way. Yeah. And it's like how do we? Get that to come together in some way. Yeah, and,
1: and that's it's, the thing, like it like the, the detriment of that is that like a lot of the humor that I have that is like from my culture, I'm not able to do on stage because a lot of the folks that I perform in front of don't have that. They're
0: disconnected they're from just, it. Yeah, yeah. They're
1: disconnected from it. Yeah you know I mean, like I don't understand, you know, like Walker Texas Ranger like, yeah, you know I mean, references. That's just not my culture. <laughs> just like most like like uh, uh, crowds that I get in front of, I drop a Martin reference and they're like, ah, and we're not there. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, you know, like, but so as a black artist coming up in that, it's kind of tough to find your voice and a lot of people, you know, don't, you know, like that's the advantage that like say a white artist has because they're in their, you know, they're in their like culture coming up, you know, Um, but as far as how to get people out, it's tough. I mean, it's so multifaceted because you're looking at economies, you're talking about exposing like, you know, like you're looking at schools, like you look at school programs and art programs in schools, like there's not a very heavy focus on the arts in, uh, you know, like, poor schools. Those are the first things that get cut. So they don't have an appreciation for the arts, so they're not, when they grow up and they, like, you know, go do whatever they do, they're not likely to go see, you know, even seek out the arts because they have no exposure to have that appreciation for it. So, like, you know, I think right then, like, that is really the, the crux of it, is, like, we need to, you know, like, have an emphasis on the arts in Lower, uh, you know, lower class schools, you know, all around. It's the same thing with you know, white like neighborhoods. There's poor white neighborhoods where the arts aren't, you know, the mo- the, the most important thing. You know what I mean, like, um, most of the people that come out to shows are people that you know are, you know, have had some sort of schooling, some sort of exposure, like, and they're willing to take a chance on like local comedy or local yeah. like entertainment. You know what I mean, like, um, it's like
0: if you break it down super simple, it's the people that can spend for an extra 40 bucks on a weekend. Yeah. Which seems might seem like you know like nothing to some people but for a lot of people it's like well that's my fucking goddamn lunch break money yeah. for the week or two yeah. weeks you
1: know. And that's, and that's why we like with our shows we try to like we were doing shows on the improv and like the improv is like even if you get some free tickets you're going to get like you still got the drink minimum so like you bring a couple there and like they're going to be you know spending like 80 bucks and like I did a couple shows there when I first started out and they're like look bro we want to support you but like, we don't want to spend 80 90 bucks in a night like to come see you yeah so, like that's what drinking partners and like what we do with our shows is like we try to give the best show possible at the cheapest price so we give out free beer you bring your own beer and we're gonna give you like the best comedy in the city so that like you can come out and like it's a cheap night it's like date night two people you're spending like 30 40 bucks or whatever like it's not the it's not the the most expensive like, it's like all right, it, it, it yeah. ain't too bad you know what I mean um And we 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 try to like, you know, reach that it's just a matter of getting it out there because when you're working with that kind of budget, you don't have
0: And that's fucking great for a while, right? But how do you grow from that? Which is it's like it becomes a plateau. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, maybe we can see eye to eye on this Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I can afford to give you X, Y, and Z for free to get you to come out. Yeah. But eventually we need to adjust this somehow yeah. so we can take it to the next level. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's tough because, like, I look at the
1: ticket or whatever that we sell, and it's easily a 30 or $40 ticket, given the amount of, like, booze. I mean, we actually have, we have brewers, and I love the, the crab beer industry. Shout out to the crab beer, beer industry. Um, they come out and they support us. They come out with kegs of beer. There's like 100, 150 people. It's and, because like, they're in enough. the same position as we are. Yeah. And they come out and, like, people come in and, like, they'll have four or five beers. That alone is you know 30 40 bucks yeah you know like and they bring your own beer or whatever and the whole nine so like you know like it's easily a, a higher price ticket but we're, we're we're at a price that is like oh hey take a chance on us and like you said how do you get to that next level i ah, man when you figure it out let me know because you know like you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to price them out but at the same time like you don't want like you know that you need more like to get to that you know like so I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a very it's peculiar also, place. It's also also
0: really important. I think I think the thing for me that stands in the way of that getting to the next level is my stubbornness to just stay true to myself mm. as a good, honest person.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. There are a lot of <laughs> I feel of, like
0: if I was willing to just be like oh, you yeah, know this, fuck you, yeah. I could start getting some fuck you money. Yeah. But I, I'm just too I much. Mean, I,
1: I think I think the thing is is that like there are people like that, and like there are two types of people. There's some folks that are just like dirtbag people that like, you know, and, and, and there's real karma. You know, and like, in, in a scene like this, you really can't be that dirtbag. I mean, there's there's some, you know, if you got enough capital behind you to start off or whatever, and you're in a position of power, you can, and I see people do it all the time. But like, I, like, like you said, like, I don't, Like, I pay all my artists. I make sure that they're paid before I'm paid. I make sure that the audience is good. I make sure that the venue is good or whatever. Because, like, you know, and it's a slower grind, but like, I feel like it's more long, like, there's more longevity in that. Um, I could make more money just booking, you know, free comics, free acts, and like, you know, just kind of, you know, whatever. But like, what are you doing? How long does that, like, go before, like, you know, you got to do more and more to, like, I mean, because eventually people are going to catch on to that and they're going to stop working with you. And then you got to continuously keep that going, you know?
0: The other problem too though is when you're dealing with people that run shit in a really shady way, we see it because we're behind the curtain. Yeah. But the thing that I think that we overlook a lot of the time is the people who aren't behind the curtain, just yeah. the general consumer. Yeah. They don't know that, you know, somebody at this brewery is a piece of shit or yeah. this comedian's a piece of shit. Yeah. They don't understand like the whole the politics and the way that it works. And, but it's like those people are getting more people to come out to their place while, you know, maybe you or me are over here like we're really good people. Yeah. But the general person is just like, well, I don't know. And yeah. I don't give a shit because yeah. they're putting like, this is what I know about them. So yeah. I'm going to go spend my money there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's the thing is that like I think that I think it's an internal thing. And I, I think there's just people that can do it and people that can't. No matter how much I want, like I know that I, c- I could do. I, I know how to do it. I just couldn't sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, like I just I I just couldn't. And like I'm happier as a whole, as a person, like I have more enriching like experiences with people, like and conversations and like my day-to-day life is much more enriched. I imagine those people that are snaking people on a regular basis, because they gotta find new targets all the time. and They always gotta be, I mean, I feel like they don't have the same fulfillment in life that somebody that does it. A bit more genuinely has just, you know, like on, you know, like when I go around people, people don't have a lot of like spit at me. Like, I don't get a lot of people that are just like, they bracey, fuck that guy. Like, because I don't, (laughs) I try not to fuck people over. I mean, like, and I'm cool with that. Like, I'm not making as much money, but like, you know, and I think there's just some people that have it and some people are just like, you know what, I don't have that moral compass. I'm cool with that.
0: I think, you know, and I've brought this up to other people before too that have talked to me about, Things where, you know, Pittsburgh isn't the right city for you or, you know, you could be doing more and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I look about the things that I have, you know, it's like, well, I have a job where like I get paid to professionally work in the music industry. And that job allows me to pay for my home, pay for me to go out to craft breweries, let me, you know, buy records, buy groceries, And, you know, I have great people in my life. I'm in a band with my best friends. I have yeah. an awesome girlfriend. I yeah. like where I live. What's the end goal? What are we chasing? Yeah. And then and the, I think a lot of people just don't know what they're even looking for to begin with. So it's kind of a thing where it's like, I'm fucking turning 32 in a couple weeks. In everything that I have, Young I've, buck. I've worked really, really hard for, you know? Young Buck. 32. <laughs> okay. I remember when I was your age. But, uh. well, you know, it's like I, you know, I've worked hard for the things that I have. Yeah. So, is it wrong for me even though I'm not in, you know, L.A. or New York City yeah. and things like that? It's like I still do what I love every day and well, I'm able to support myself.
1: Well, that, I mean, that's, that's the thing is that, like, I, I talked to these 10th graders for, like, career day, which was weird because as a comedian <laughs> – you typically have to have a bad life to get into this, yeah. I mean, you have to have very like deep attention issues and sure. like, you know, yeah. So like talking to a bunch of tenth graders about my career, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know what to say, <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, get kicked out of the house, like you know, I don't know, like, but um, you know, I think like what I told them was like, don't chase money. Like that's what people do. Like you know, those guys that are like you know, you know, fucking people over and like, oh yeah, like you know, get trying to get, you know, get to the money or whatever. Like I don't see them as happy. I know a lot of people that like make a lot more money than I do that are fucking miserable because they are like, like they're not doing what they love, right? So like you know, I look at those guys and like, what's important? Yeah, you know what I mean, and like honestly, if money is important, like yeah, you want to do what you love and make enough money to support yourself while you're doing it. But if your end goal is money then there's never going to be a place of happiness because always, oh, there's always somebody that has more money. It's yeah. never enough money. But there's no, enough happiness. You can have like happiness, but money
0: is just it's ever like you know. I think that it's just really important to take the time to figure out what you want as a person and enjoy what you have while you have it. I have a lot of people in my life that will get what they want and then rather taking even just the smallest amount of time to enjoy what they have while they have it they're moving on to the next thing like oh okay well i got this well let's move on it's like a like a we'll say like a comic book collector where it's like you know you want this really rare comic book and you get it and it's like great but okay there's another comic book that's rarer. Yeah. So now I got to chase that. Yeah. It's like people, instead of collecting material things, they're like collecting something that doesn't exist. They're yeah. trying to collect like a uh, happiness, but there's no end goal to that. It's just what's in your head. It's some m- deep shit. I'm
1: a big proponent of like, you know, the journey and like enjoying the journey, like the end goal. Like, you know, I mean, we have our goals, but like how do you get what you want? You know what I mean? Like I want to help, you know, people out. I want to like, you know, do this or do that. Like, how do I do that? I podcast, I get on stage. I, I have a message I want to get out. I get on stage and I enjoy doing that to get to that end goal. And I think that is really the key to having it. Like money is an end goal. You know what I mean? How you get that? If you got to fuck people over in the in the interim then, like, you're not happy. You can't be too happy doing that on a regular basis. But, like, I'm doing something I love in order to kind of, like, pay some bills. I'm doing what I love to, you know, get this message out here. I'm doing what I love to help a community out. Like, you know what I mean? So not only am I doing things that I want to do, but I'm also doing things that I want to do
0: while I'm getting to, like... Well, I think that's the thing, you know? if if the, If what you're doing in the moment isn't the end goal, like, if the journey isn't what's important then yeah you know yeah. you need to shift direction you yeah. should always i mean granted we all got to do shit that we don't want to do yeah but overall like yeah. you should enjoy what you're doing while you're doing it yeah it's
1: like it's the difference between going to california in a shitty car with no like ac or heating and going like first class i mean like <laughs> you know like money is the goal but like I'm going to get everybody like getting on stage or like, you know, I'm helping this community do it that, or I could just fucking fuck people over and just always be looking over my back and like, man, does, can I get a mechanic for this heat? Like, yeah, I mean, like it's a, it's a, you know, so like you said, I mean, I think, I think it's just the journey, making the journey the best that you can, you know, like even if, even if you do want to take the long route, Get a nice car to do it. Get a nice rental with a little bit of turbo in it or something. Yeah, I mean, like, make it a pleasant experience getting there. Don't just be like, ah, we're just going to, you know. I mean, there is a space for that. There is the struggle. Everybody has to struggle to get, you know, there has to be a sacrifice to get to the next, you know, level and whatnot. But outside of that necessary struggle or whatever, like, enjoy what you do. Like, make whatever it is that you're making these sacrifices for worth it.
0: Also be very very comfortable with the idea of compromise because no yeah. matter what you do you're gonna have to compromise something just understand that and be okay with it that is and just learn how to problem solve that's that, that
1: is super <laughs> tough like especially for a comedian like because you know I get up there like and I'm like man this is what it is I'm on stage like I'm on and all this but then when people give me critiques or, like, you know, business or whatever, like, I have that kind of personality. Like, no, nah, you guys don't understand. But, like, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that I've learned most in the last five years of this comedy is humility. Like, you know, I thought I was the funniest person in in America. And I was like, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to be the next Kevin Hart. And about a year in, I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, no. Know. You know, like, and, you know, it like that. That getting knocked off and like, like I said, I mean, I got on stage, I started, did a couple YouTube videos, got some, you know, positive reviews and then like got on stage and I bombed for like three months straight. So like that humility was like just pounded into me. It was just like, look, man, if you're going to move forward, you got to like not think that like you're the, not think that like, not think that you're the best. Like you have to have that confidence that you have something, but you got to have the humility to know that you can always be better. You got to be able to take criticism. And that's hard when a lot of and again that's that dichotomy where like you know, you have to have the confidence to get on stage and think that you're funny even if people aren't laughing. You know, it takes that confidence, but you also have to walk that line so that you can also take criticism without the ego, you know, overtaking it. So, I mean, it's a very tightrope walk.
0: I mean, it's not much different than being a pr- like any type of performer being in a band or whatever, it's Mm. all the same. I have a curiosity in terms of how much do you find behind the scene things in terms of management, marketing, branding, promotions, and things like that to be important for what you do? Because for an art, like a musician, Mm. it's tenfold more important than your talent. And I hate saying that, but that's just... It's fucking real. You could be not that good at what you do, but if you have the right manager and the right marketing and the right promotion to convince the outside world that you're it, mm-hmm. people will believe that you're it. I
1: was talking to somebody. I had this conversation um, a couple of weeks ago, and they were saying that like most bands that make it are like you know like they're super. They, they're, the The bands that make it are one of two things. They're either really mediocre, and they have great networking skills, or they're just amazing, and they have amazing management. You know what I mean? Like, they have managers that, like, find the talent, and they do all that work for you.
0: Well, dude, that's the thing. Like, even, like, you know, you take, like, like Wiz and Mac Miller, you Mm -hmm. know, we know who they are, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, it's like they're very, very talented artists in their own respect. But what set them off was all the people that got behind them and were able to talk to people, knock on doors, and get their foot in the right places to blow them the fuck up.
1: Yeah, you know, like, like I fall into the very mediocre but great networking skill side. Like I spend like eighty-five to ninety percent of my time marketing. And about 10% actually doing what I'm like, you know. Cause I mean, you figure yeah. like I might spend anywhere from like a half hour to two hours max performing, whether it's a podcast or like, yeah. you know, like on stage or whatever. But like I'm spending like 30 hours a week, like, you know, pr- promoting, producing, like, you know, marketing, getting my name out there, networking, going to events that oh, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I mean, book for or whatever. It's like, fucking
0: crazy. Like, I, you know, Five years ago, all I gave a shit about was being in the studio and working yeah. on music. Yeah, and then you know it's like I gotta get better at the social media stuff, and now I'm on the flip yeah. where I'm so busy promoting and scheduling posts and going out to events and doing things that it's like I don't know when I'm even gonna have time to record these new songs. And that's and that's the thing is that like as like I like I
1: I hit this point maybe two years ago where I was doing so much producing that I wasn't writing as much. So, like, it was, like, tough. I was getting on stage, I was doing the same sets or whatever, and I'm, like, man, like, I was getting a lot of work, but, like, you know, it was, it was tough to come up with new material because, like, I'm too busy trying to get on stage. I'm, like, and I did a great job of that, but, like, you know, and uh, uh, I think that, I think it's just a progress, like, uh, like you, at some point you have to kind of, like, balance it a little bit. So, now I'm taking a little bit less Producing and putting a little bit more writing and finding more ways to, like, you know, look, just a little bit more time. There's always time in the day where you're fucking around that you could be doing it, but, like, you know, you're not. And not to take away from, you know, like mental health. I mean, you can't you always need to be relax. working. Yeah, you need to relax. And that's the problem is that, like, when I relax, if I would just, like, chill out on the couch and, like, watch a movie and, like, smoke some weed or whatever, like, at the end of it, I feel bad because I'm thinking, like, there's somebody out there. That like skip this movie, skip this weed and is on there writing new jokes and like trying to like, you know, get away Uh, yeah me. And I'm like, I could have been putting
0: that time in the same fucking way. Uh, Stacy, my girlfriend who's out there. Shout out. Hi. Um, You know, Queens of the Stone Age played here recently. And I I really, I really wanted to go to that show. And then the day of the show, I had a bad day at work, and I'm stressing out. I'm like, "Do I really want to go pay money to see this fucking band do this thing?" I should be working on my own dreams. Do I want to see people, you know. And then like (laughs) she's all like, she had to basically like like we're going to the show. Like I know you want to go to the show. Let's just go to the show. Yeah. And we went and I had a good time. But that's just like my mindset is like if I'm at a show trying to support other people. There's that part of me that's thinking the whole time. I could, I could be, be working doing, on my own yeah, shit. Yeah. And that's what and, and that's the thing is that like and I think that's just I mean, there's
1: a certain type of people that are like that. Um, I think the thing that the thing that helps me out is that what I put that time into and that workaholic mentality is into something I love. Granted, I still need to take time for mental health or whatever, but like at least I'm doing something I love. There's a lot of people that have that same work mentality and they're not doing anything they love. They're just always in it because you know money or whatever so I at least take that or whatever uh from it but like i said i mean i um i think that uh hold on this is hitting me right now and i'm like i had a boy shout outs again to reclamation brewery um but yeah, no, i mean i think that there are ways like you can again i think it's streamlining streamlining you know i mean like and i mean just kind of figuring out how the best way to do what it is that i'm doing and then making more time. So, like, when I'm producing a show, once I st- when I start a venue, it's a lot of different shit. There's new people that I'm working with. There's new comics. There's a new time. Like, it's a new area that I got to promote. So, it's a lot of work. You know I mean? But once I've been doing it for a couple of months, now, boom, the flyer is out on a regular basis. The comics are booked in advance. Like, you know, boom, boom. Like, yeah, I mean, I streamline it, and it gives me time to do other things. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the thing that I've been learning to do um recently is kind of streamlining streamlining things and like making everything more efficient so i do have more time to kind of give back to like writing and you know all that yes. which is working out now but then you know there are times where like you know i'm like man like like we have busy seasons you know I mean like busy season for us is like October through like May oh yeah you know yeah I mean summertime is kind of cool whatever we're doing yeah you know I mean but like October through May in comedy is like so like you know I'm like oh yeah things are going well now like I got this like streamlined system I got it boom and then I'm hitting show 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 like, produce produce show show like yeah you know I mean like so, you know, right now I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, I got it I got it in the hand, but who knows, man. You interview me in two months and I might be a nervous wreck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the important thing is no matter what's going on or what you're doing, it's just to be happy and in a good place in your brain while you're doing it. Uh, it's kind of the beauty of where we're at on this mid-level thing where, you know, we're definitely above people that aren't doing anything because we're out here and we're doing shit all the fucking time but we're not on that level yet where we're like contractually obligated to yeah. be creating things yeah so you know if something needs to get pushed aside for a bit yeah it sucks for us but chances are nobody else really gives a shit yeah nobody's just you're building it up in your head yeah
1: nobody gives a fuck if we all fail like if everybody in this room right now could fail and nobody would give a fuck nobody on the planet would blink like yeah i mean it would just you know, there's a couple people that might like drop a tear, but then it's over. Like, you know what I mean, that's the thing that like like I have to remind myself is that like you know nobody owes you anything. You know what I mean, Definitely. like a lot of people have this entitlement or whatever. Nobody owes me anything. So if I need something, like I don't because that's the thing. As soon as you start thinking people owe you something, that's when people start letting you down because you realize how little holds you have over that, right? So like if I need something, I'm going to try to do it myself. I might ask somebody, which is another thing is like swallowing my pride. And learning when to like ask for like favors or like, you know, try to like get that kind of like back and forth going. I'm more of a like, I'm going to do it myself and then try to provide opportunities. And then at the very last moment, if I desperately need something, hey, bruh, like, "Ah," you know, kind of, you know what I mean? But like, there's something to be said about knowing, like, you know, building relationships and asking for help and saying, hey, I need help with this, you know. Um, But nobody owes you anything. You know what I mean? Like, you can't go into a, like a situation like, well, I, da, 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 I did this for you last week. They don't go fuck. <laughs> that was last week, bro. What are you doing for me today? You know? Yeah. It's like nobody knows anything, and nobody's going to care if you fail. And that's the thing is that, like, I do so much work and doing this or whatever, and then I get mad, like, ah, oh, why am I doing all this work? Because nobody cares. <laughs> like, if I don't do it, nobody else is going to be like, hey, Day, you know you didn't do that. Like, where is it at? I don't have a boss. I don't have somebody like, you know what I mean, tapping me on the shoulder. Where's that at? Like, if I don't do it, nobody's gonna, you know what? People aren't gonna show up to a show. The venue is gonna be like, all right, well, that was a guy that came through here one time. He's gonna forget about me, put somebody else in there. And uh, my mom's gonna be like, well, that was a good job, honey. At least you tried, you know? (laughs) Oh, good for you. That's it. And I'll just, like, disappear into nothingness, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's what, like, I try to, you know, remind myself, like, nobody owes me anything. Nobody's gonna do it besides myself, you know?
0: I agree. That's all I could say. So back to Dave Bracy, real quick. You know, you as a human being, what is on the horizon for you? You know what I mean? Is there anything that you haven't done in your life that you would like to do? Uh.
1: <laughs> Three chicks at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. Um... I mean, there's a lot. Uh, I, like, I mean, professionally. Professionally, not- professionally. Um, the thing is, is that I got into this with like some sort of like, you know, expectations. I was like, you know, I'm gonna be funny. I'm gonna go tour. I'm gonna do all this. And the thing that I found that like has helped me be successful is like I don't pigeonhole myself, and like I don't like, you know, I'm not beholden to like one thing. I never thought I was gonna be a podcaster. Five years ago, I didn't think I was gonna be. If you'd have told me six years ago I was gonna be a comedian, I'd have laughed at you, right? I mean, and like five years ago, if you'd have talked about podcasts, I don't even know what a podcast is. I still have trouble explaining to people what a podcast is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so like, you know, I just, I found myself just kind of open to opportunities and I learned back, like, you know, I read a few articles or whatever and they were like, most comedians are not full-time comedians all the time. Most comedians start out in comedy and then they write some things or, like, they produce some things or they do this or that, you know what I mean? Like, and the people that are successful are the people that are able to have, you know, multiple hats you know, like, in, you know, in the industry so, like, you know, professionally, like I said, professionally, I would like to quit my day job and just mean it. Yeah, I mean and like really never have to work for somebody ever again. That is really the only thing at this point
0: (laughs) how I get to that But do you really want to be your own boss? yes I, like, <laughs> I don't know if you heard me about improv i
1: don't share the stage well you know what I mean? <laughs> so i would like yeah you know i mean whenever i say something because i mean you like i have ideas and i'm like i know this will work but yeah. like in order for it to happen i have to have so many people around it and like you know when i work with venues i got to get the venue into it i got to get the people around me into it like, yeah you know i mean like it's like a a, a, a private contractor in a sense yeah you know i mean like you're trying to get people to come in and sign these like you know loose contracts to kind of get this thing done so, like, you know, I would love to have my own, like, business, you know, fully that I'm generating revenue and doing what I love and not have a nine-to-five. That would be, like, you know, that's the thing that I haven't done. Um, uh, I'm, I'm performing the first night uh, down to the Theater, uh, uh, New Year's Eve, because that's what first night is. So, like, it's nice. thir- 1,300 people or whatever, like, the biggest venue that I've ever done. I think that is, like, a huge, for me, it's a milestone. That sounds awesome. Um, I want to uh, do... Um, I want to do like a skit on a on a on a mixtape remember i mean because I, I think like you remember the skits on mixtapes yeah you know i mean you yeah. were you rewind or whatever like i want to be that dude like yeah you know i mean i just want to get it yo 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 you listen in the yeah you know i mean psych <laughs> the like i just want to get it like i want to do some
0: maybe beat. maybe maybe i could maybe we can work that out I was like, yeah like i just i want to <laughs> yo, yo yo what's good yeah like i just because i always want to be a rapper but like, you ever, I was gonna, oh, that was literally gonna be my next question was like had uh like maybe like rapping or acting has that ever been like an aspiration
1: no i mean like none of this was really like an aspiration like people were like you know what do you like to do like you got to figure out like because i drifted along like my whole 20s i drifted people were like you got to figure out what you love to do and i was like i like to drink and talk shit, and <laughs> i was like all right they were like well you just got to figure out how to do that <laughs> and make money and like and that's what i'm doing now so i'm just like whatever that is like if you want me to act like yeah cool like if i'm cool with that you know what i mean like um but like rapping oh man i fuck, I love rap i like you know I, I grew up on hip-hop and i always wanted i just don't have the skills for i got all the mannerisms yeah what i mean like i could definitely be a hype man you know like i said you know i got the yeah 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 like you know if i can get a if i can get a dope ghostwriter like look give me a ghostwriter yeah what i mean a nice producer Oh, I'll drink it the fuck up, bro. Like, yeah, I mean like mm, mm yeah, like that's so, you know, those are my two aspirations, three. Um, one, make money doing this fully. Uh, two, be on a rap skit and three, drop my own mixtape ghost written by whoever. i mean honestly if i do those before that's my bucket list i do that man you could just take me out of here bro well
0: i mean hopefully you know you got a lot of time left to do that what's the rush i don't know man my hairline like i think like rap is a young sport my hairline
1: is not i got like about maybe five more years before they're like come on man, because you got to be sean carter
0: status if you're still doing mixtapes like yeah you gotta my hair started falling out when i was like 22 it was real (laughs) fucked up it's a real unfortunate dna line that i fell into <laughs> but that's okay yeah i held now, on the mind about
1: 15 years too long you know what i mean yeah. so yeah
0: that's why we both have hats on right yeah. now <laughs> I, I'm, like, sweating like a motherfucker. But I'm going to take it and wipe it off
1: in the bathroom. Like. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, unrelated, but we played a show last night with Grey Walker. Ooh. And it was, uh, like, a Halloween costume show. So we were all in costumes. And I had a wig on yeah. for the show. Yeah. And my head was so hot. Like, uh, I had, like, a swimming pool on yeah. the back of my goddamn neck. I, I Yeah, it's crazy. You don't understand how, like
1: how crazy your hair like just a thin like layer of hair is like like i'll just grow a little bit of fuzz and i'm cool as soon as i shave that shit, that wind hits it it's just it like it just cut is raw <laughs> yeah. it's literally like the difference between raw and a latex condom that really is my hair my hair is really about as thick as a latex condom and think about the difference in feeling from raw and a latex condom that's how it feels when i shave like, I just got this thing. You'd be like, oh, why? Like, why are you so cold, Dave Bracey? Because I'm raw, bruh. I'm just, I just went in the, you know what I mean? So that is really. <laughs> so yeah, I feel your struggle, bruh. I feel like. I don't get to talk to a lot of, like, bald brothers uh, our age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I hate a hairline. I hate Ed Bailey, man. Like, he got a hairline. He be talking, like, you know. And then, then he, well, like, he, he got into an accident earlier, you know what I mean? He's back, you know, he's got that Wolverine blood or whatever. But he was in the hospital, and, like, he was, like, unconscious for, like, a month, right? You know, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, like... This is tough. It's a tough situation. Like I want him to, you know, do better. And like, you know, but the thing is, is that, like, you know, you want people to do better, but you don't want them to do better than you. And I came back in, and because he has hadn't shaved, he was always like couldn't get a beard. He had a full beard. Like, and so he had a full beard and a hairline. I'm like, ah, come on, man. How do you <laughs> go into an accident and come back better than me, man? Like, I
0: that was my thing.
1: The, I low-key,
0: I low-key have a vendetta against anyone that's older than me and has a better hairline. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate it. Oh. I hate the, you mother Ah. Like, oh. I see like some old, like old ass dudes that have like some I'm like, what the
1: yeah like, no i mean you gotta blame it on your daddies man like i we gotta blame the daddies or whatever man i don't know yeah i just but thank god for fitted caps <laughs> <laughs> I mean, socially acceptable
0: yeah at least I can, like, grow some facial hair still so I can just balance it out. That's what exactly, like, if you look
1: at pictures, like, I used to have long, that's the thing, like, I used to have, like, long, flowing locks, and, like, the girls would be like, oh, you got that good hair, like, you know what I mean, playing the hair, like, oh, I was that dude, and now, like, it just, it's on my face now, like, it just, it just went down, like, what did the, what of those, uh, what do you good of things, those hairy, the, like, that you move the hair down to a little, I don't know, man. I don't even have any uh, idea what you're talking some, about. It's an old school thing, like, ball in a cup. But well, I
0: think, you know, the, the, the idea, you know, is just like, I don't give a shit, you know what I mean? Because I have a very special person in my life, oh. second shout out to Stacy. that she could not give a fuck less probably about what's that on is, my head. That is so awesome. what do I got to worry about? I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah, no, I... I and no, I think see, in general, it's just that thing with age, you just stop. That's you the you nice stop. thing about getting older, yeah. you just stop giving a fuck about yeah. well, anything. well, see...
1: <laughs> I can't because see you're uh, like you're a fairly attractive dude with less effort. Like if I walk out of the house wow. like completely completely like raw like i will i will be stoned to death like i got a very werewolf like my beard grows up nearly to my eyeballs bro yeah you know i mean so i walk out like that like motherfuckers is going to bring out the pitchforks like it's not a you know it's not a good time i get stopped in airports and shit like randomly when my beard gets too long you know like so yeah i mean like i gotta kind of Keep it decent, you know. Like I, like I, I, envy white dudes that just come out and be like, "Hey, fuck it, it's me, bro." And I'm like, and they, you know, they still get laid, man. i oh, I need parts of that. <laughs> hey, that has not not been in my experience, man. That has not been my. I can't get jobs, I can't get women, I can't get airplane flights <laughs> without at
0: least like a half fire in front of the mirror, bro. So, cheers to you. I'm really sorry you have to go through that. <laughs> I hate the world we live in sometimes. But, you know, moving forward, we're going to be wrapping this up in a second. You said that you're doing First Night at the Theatre Is
1: that a ticketed uh, event? It is a ticketed event. I wasn't even supposed to announce that, but it happened. Um. <laughs> so, Uh. but yeah, that'll be at the Bynum First Night. You'll hear about it. You,
0: do you have anything else coming up that you would like to uh, tell the people about? Out?
1: Two weeks. Uh, we got a uh, Compton theater. So we're up in Butler right now. Reclamation, shout out to them. Um. But down here in Cranberry, 20 minutes north of the city, about a half hour north from where we're at um Comptor Theater uh we have a stand up show with the best comedians in the city myself and uh, Ed Bailey will be hosting that uh it's BYOB um we have a food truck fantastic foods um so it's a one stop shop you come in you bring your booze you know what I mean like you get your laughs going on and you you know you fill up before you leave um and that's uh, at Comptr Theater in Cranberry on Route 19 and if you're looking for tickets that's at
0: comptrtheater.ticketleap.com but yeah no, about it. i don't want to put anybody on blast mm-hmm. but i feel like i heard something recently didn't you have like a food truck bail on you or something oh, weird man yeah no this dude like he um <laughs> you know he
1: like you know i hit him up and i'm like yo this is we just started doing a food truck so we're like yeah you know come through and we don't know much about him but he's like yeah I'll, you know i'll be down there so like you know he's like i'll be down there at six so like seven o'clock rolls around and we're like people were like yo where's the food at and we're like I don't know, so I hit him up and I'm like, "Yo, bro, where's you at?" He's like, "Oh, we'll be there around like eight. What do you mean? Like it's seven? You told me we'll be like. What do you mean eight? Like
0: people eat dinner right now. Yeah, like they're hungry now. (laughs) They came here hungry. Yeah, like they're they're gonna go to Wendy's.
1: (laughs) You gotta get here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like they're gonna. (laughs) So like we get on stage, we're like, "Oh, they'll be here at eight o'clock." And then like you know, eight o'clock rolls around, he's not here, and I'm like, "Yo, where's you at, bro?" And he's like, "Nothing. Absolutely nothing." It completely went cold after that. I didn't hear from him the next day, until the next day. And then, like, the next day in the morning, he's like, oh, I got an accident, bro. My bad. No, nothing, like, kind of. Like, and I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, you know, I went on, and I saw some pictures or whatever, and it didn't seem like it was too much. And, like, my thing was, like, I don't know what the accident thing was or whatever. Maybe that was a thing that happened. If that was, whatever. But you told me you were going to be here at 6 o'clock. It's 7. Nigga, like, I'm hungry. They hungry. Like, you know, like, like you, you. It's professionalism. For me, it's a thing that that's the one thing that you don't have to pay for is professionalism. You know what I mean, like, you know, I'm not the funniest dude. Like, you know, I don't do everything at the best, but I show up on time. I show 15 minutes early. Yeah. You know I mean, I return phone calls like I try to do what I say I'm going to do. Those are things that you can do for free. Yeah. You know I mean, like, I think
0: it's things that people take for granted too. earlier when you're recording the Breaking Brews podcast. Shout out to Jason. You know, I came up and I said that, like, I don't give a shit how good your beer is. Just yeah. be fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit about how funny you are, how good your fucking food truck is. Just be cool. If you're yeah. cool to me, chances are that's going to make your fucking food or yeah. your jokes or anything be better or yeah. funnier if you're and just then, a fucking good person. Yeah. And that's the
1: thing at our shows, like I said, I mean, we have, it's a craft beer show, it's comedy or whatever. Like, they're, you know, they're crushing beers or whatever. They're going to be hungry as hell. Like, yeah, I mean, like, whatever you have on that truck. I'm going to demolish at the end of that yeah. show. You know what I mean? I just need you to be there. You know what I mean? I think I need lot- you to just not embarrass me because then I feel like now people are expecting, I said something. I promoted this for a month. I told people this is going to happen and now you're making me look like a bad person. Yeah, and you that went out of tough. your
0: way to promote somebody else's exactly. business. Yeah, he
1: didn't promote the show. He didn't say he's going to be, he didn't do put any of that time in to promote that, but everybody that saw that flyer, that 10,000, 15,000 people that saw that flyer saw his name. They, he didn't, you know, and like, and then you, it was, it was tough.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're listening to this, I honestly can't stress enough how important it is to just be reliable yeah. and a decent fucking human yeah. being. And if you're not gonna, simple,
1: if you're not going to show, just say, I'm not going to show in this industry. We know that shit happens. Shows go late. Like shit comes up, family, issues, whatever, just communicate that. Don't have somebody sitting there waiting for you like, yo, where's do that? Yeah, I mean, like, just don't do that.
0: And you don't even have to be somebody that is a comedian or a musician, even if it's something as simple as, like, your friend's fucking birthday party or, you know, whatever. Just let them know that you're not going to show up. Don't don't burn the bridge of a friendship over not showing up to somebody's fucking bar mitzvah (laughs) or some shit. Like, just let them know. It ain't that hard. Yeah. A lot of people like to avoid conflict though, but if avoiding yeah. conflict's going to result in losing an entire exactly. friendship, it's not worth it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you got to have a, just a little backbone, just a little <laughs> yeah, I mean. And that's the thing, the people that are worth having are the people that will understand. Honestly.
0: For sure. Well, you know, wrapping this up real quick, I'm going to do my outro All right. and then uh you know, we'll get back to ah. just beers without microphones. Oh, I'm going to break the seal. <laughs> And that's all, folks. <laughs> thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Day, thanks for coming out. He's walking away right now. He's—I think he's going to do a PP. Uh, you know, if again, if you want to listen to this episode later, if you're here, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Real Sykes. Start the beats available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, blah 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 blah, all that stuff. We are also part of the EpiCast family. Be sure to check out Drinking Partners. And that's it. I'll be back next week with another episode. I won't be here, but, you know, there will be another episode online. So check that out. And uh, I'm sitting here at the table by myself because Day went to the bathroom, and this is a little weird. Thanks for having us, Ben. Reclamation Brewery. This is a great place. If you're in Pittsburgh, take the 45-minute drive and come out here. It's definitely worth it. It's a comfortable environment. I'm just talking now. I have no reason to keep talking. There's people looking at me. Why does everybody in this room have facial hair? This guy doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much. Peace out. Whoop, whoop. Thank
1: you so much.